Uh, dear friends, hello. I'm very happy to see you and uh, I'm very happy to see uh, our guest. His name is David Noor. Noor, that means light. And I think it's a very big honor to have a name, David Noor, a light. He's the owner of 11 books and all these books, are, they have very interesting names. The books are Relationship Economics, Return on Impact, Co-Create, and Curve Banders and other books. So I'm very happy to see you, David. Thank you for coming to us. Good evening. Olga, it is, it is good to be with you. Thank you, thank you so much. Dear David, you came from Iran with only $100 and you become quite famous, not quite, but really famous in the United States. You managed to help a lot of people and a lot of organizations. This is amazing, this is amazing. My first question to you, you have a book which is called Curve Banders, and you're saying that you can find these Curve Banders and you can be a Curve Bander yourself. Who are these people? What is the magical meaning of this tricky word? I understand that you are a tricky guy from Iran and you're using tricky words which help other people. So tell me please, what is that? Shukhada, shukhada. <laughs> Very kind. So thank you for your kind comments. It's good to be with you. Olga, I've spent the last 20 years really being a student of business relationships, uh, where you've lived in Dubai, where you are in, in, in Azerbaijan, and I live in, you know, grew up in Iran. The rest of the world builds relationships first from which we do business. And you and I learned that at a you know, very young age. Unfortunately, when I came to the States, or not just the US alone, but also a lot of European countries, only if the business part works, will think about the relationship, right? So let me get the sale first. Let me get the project first. Let me get the initiative first. Let me get the work done first. And then I may ask you about your family or your friends or how you're doing and, and really get to know you on a personal level. So when I saw this conflict, where particularly Americans, and I've grown up in this country, we go into environments where people don't look like us, sound like us, or come from our backgrounds, there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect between what we need and what they respond with and back and forth. So all of my work from relationship economics and co-create, you were kind enough to mention, to most recently curve benders, is about this idea of these relationships that come into our lives that beyond helping us with a short-term performance executional result, Olga, they shaped the manager, the leader, the human being that we become. So think of a professor so many years ago or that first manager that took you under his or her wings and didn't just teach you about the business or the market or a product, but they taught you how to engage, how to influence, how to move people in an authentic way, how to help people in an authentic way. Those are the relationships I call curve benders. Believe it or not, they're all around us. You just have to be much more intentional about investing in those relationships. You know, it's clear enough. So this curve bender, can it be a mentor or it's some influential leader or it's somebody from your family? Who can be this curve bender? As I understand curve, it's like when you are from, uh, you know, from this very slow growth, you go to exponential growth. You go like a rocket. Of You're course, exactly right. we want to have this curve, um, you know, curve people, curve benders. How to find them? Sure. So great question. 
in my experience, uh, family certainly can do that. My focus is on business relationships. And, and what I'm what I'm thinking about is it certainly could be a great boss. It could be a great coach. It could be a great mentor. Olga, the challenge is a lot of times those individuals are a very specific point in our life. Let's say a year or two while we're in that job or while we're in that city or in that point in time. And they specifically help us with our performance, with our execution, with our results. Nothing wrong with that. We need that. I'm talking about curve benders as another level, another uh, deeper, more meaningful. They demonstrate a long-term vested interest in our success. They do more than just help us sell more or, or finish that project or get that movie or that short-term result. As you said, not just like a slow truck ramp in our growth, but really that hockey stick, really that what I call non-linear growth in, in our personal and professional growth journey. So beyond helping us accomplish, they really shape and mold us into that leader, into that executive that we become. David, can you name one person in your life who is that curve bender for you? Sure. It's, and I wrote about it in the book. There is a gentleman named Alan Weiss. Alan is a, uh, is a long-term consultant. He is, he is a, a solo practitioner, so he works for himself and has been doing that for a long time. Olga, I came from consulting. I knew how to consult. And when I created my own practice, when my own business, I went to Alan has a, a week-long consulting college. And you could very easily say he was a coach or a mentor. And if I had stopped there, that's all he would have been. But I've stayed in touch with him. Over the years, I've learned. I've not just bought his books and interacted with him, but I've been involved in his community. And I've, I speak to him on a regular basis. And he's taught me that, for example, we don't have a work life and a personal life. You have one life. So the sooner you can not just think about work-life balance, but work-life blending, the happier you're going to be, the less stressed you're going to be, the more you're going to be able to help other people. So that's an example of Alan changed my lens, changed my perspective on what it meant to be a consultant, to be an advisor, to really help fewer people, but really create a deeper, more impactful, more meaningful difference in their lives. Uh, my next question to you is, okay, I understand what you're saying, but also in one of your books and in one of your interviews, you said that you should move these people to what you want. For example, for me, what is my problem? I have a lot of friends because in general, I love people, but I cannot ask them what I want. And we reached that extent that my daughter told me, Mama, why don't you tell them what you want? You have thousands of friends. You have people who adore you. Why are you not saying that? So I think there should be this step done. If we don't say what we want, how you will guess what I want? Should you, we talk about what we need? Absolutely. So I want your audience to really think about this reciprocal nature and value exchange in your relationships. One of the best things you can do is what I call go on a listening tour. So make a list of your most, of all the thousands of people, Olga, that you know, who are the 10, who are the 20, who are the 50 most valuable to you? 
And those that hopefully know you, hopefully like you and trust you, and I would simply go to them and ask, knowing me, what do you believe I do exceptionally well? Of all the things that I do, what do you believe I do, not just okay, but exceptionally well? And listen to what they say. Because if these people, if they're real relationships, they're going to know you, they have some experience in having worked with you, and they will tell you their perception, their understanding of your biggest strengths. That's number one. Number two, you need to help your, your relationships want to help you. Most of them don't know how to help you. So we have to arm them with the ammunition of, and by the way, most people can't remember more than three things. Here are the top three things I want to do. Can you help me? Will you help me? And again, if you arm them with the ammunition of how to help you, most of our relationships want to help. They just don't know how to help. They don't know where to begin and where they can be most impactful to you. So one, go on a listening tour and really listen to what they believe to be your exceptional strengths. Two, tell them the three things you want and ask for your help. The second works only if you've invested, only if you have added value to their lives. That's that exchange of value that I talk about. That's fair enough. And I think that you, since you were brought up in the East, and Eastern people are so good in that. Even if you come to the markets, the way how they talk, how they smile, how they talk, it's not immediately like in the West, let's do business, let's invest. And if I will not do business, masalama, bye-bye. I'm not going to talk because it's a waste of time. I think nowadays it's not that primitive. We should go deeper, you know. And sometimes what I noticed, you think you will not work with this person. You forgot about him, but you just continue relationship because you care about them. And then after 10 years, whap, and it becomes your business partner just because you took care about him, not about as a business partner, but as a human being. So okay, you're, exactly, you're exactly right. And one of the challenges with technology, you and I love technology. We use technology. One of the oh, challenges. No, David, David, I hate technology. For me, I hate technology. I'm bad in that. I love people. I wish if we can meet in person. But you know, I am now in Kazakhstan. You are now in your. Are you now in USA? I am. I am in Atlanta. You're my, in Atlanta. My, my comment was around this. This social media has spoiled us in some ways to think that all of those contacts, all of those followers, all of those things are actually real relationships. And Olga, they're not. What we learned in the East is you have to invest. You have to get to know the real person. You have to understand what they care about, what they need, and how you can help them. So I actually believe in fewer, fewer, but deeper more authentic, more real relationships that you can count on because all of those LinkedIn connections or Twitter followers or YouTube subscribers mean nothing when you need help, when you need something and they're not available, they're not interested or they can't help you. It so goes without saying. We have the friends that you told that you can, know, can only know 100 people, but about this 110 people, but about this... 10 people, three people. We have a question to you, David. You're very famous and very handsome, so women start asking questions to you. The first question to you, how to ask for help to find a job for my husband who has been without it for two and a half years? The question so, is from Susie. 
Mm-hmm. Susie, Susie, thank you for asking. Uh, let me give you three tips. One, work with your husband and capture, write down, what are, what are those skills? What are those capabilities? What does he do? What does he like doing that he's very good at? One. Two, we've got to focus. You, you can't just cast a big net to see who's available, who's interested. Focus on who is having problems that your husband can solve. The third step is we weren't, you and I are not in the ice cream business, but I've always learned if you give people a taste, if you give them a taste of the value that you can create, it's amazing what happens and how they will respond. Leave them wanting more. So if he can help in a small way and let that person that has the problem see what your husband is capable of, I think it will open the door for him to find opportunities. But you have to focus and you have to invest in a few relationships. Those that know them, hopefully like them, trust them to really get them started. And it can open up all kinds of doors and opportunities. Uh, thank you so much, David, for this question. I hope we helped Susie. Uh, she is my very good friend from Dubai. Now she left Dubai and I hope everything will be good. Nowadays, a lot of people really are looking for jobs, are looking for new businesses, are building their own, own brands. They want to go global because they're sitting in their flats in front of Zoom and they want to do something. For people who are like us, who like to talk, who like to be on the stage, it's a disaster. But we are doing and we are creating the ways. Uh, my last question to you is about um, people in the feedback when they were giving to your speeches, they were saying that you're amazing, incredible, magnificent. And the topic in business strategy visualization, if to say it in two, three words, uh, okay, we are not businesses. I'm not speaking as Mercedes or BMW or Louis Vuitton. If I have a small business or a middle business, how can I do this strategy visualization? So thank you for asking. The examples are over my shoulder, and these are really elaborate. This is a this is a service we offer for clients. But Olga, not everybody needs this. Not everybody should do it to this level. What I want you or, or your audience that might be small business owners to think about is really visual storytelling. Again, from the East, we learn how to tell stories at a very young age. And what I've learned is most people may never remember your points, but they will always remember your stories. So A, if you can capture your value, capture what you do and how you do it in a story, it is going to be a lot more memorable, number one. Number two, you can start simple, but if you draw pictures, remember the old adage of let me show you on back of a napkin? Yes, let me of course. You, this let napkin me is so popular, my God. Napkin in the Starbucks, all businesses grow from napkins. Okay. So, so, so build on that. Instead of sending somebody a PowerPoint or a document or this elaborate anything, there's a saying that says, if you confuse, you lose. And if you, if you make things complicated, they're not going to remember. And more importantly, they're not going to act. So keep uh, it simple, simple yes. easy, fast. And if you can draw, if you can visually tell that story, it's much more likely to be remembered and repeated. Absolutely, absolutely. It's easy to say, difficult to do. But at the same time, I think that you, uh, you know you're quite successful in that. And uh, what you will recommend as a comment and um, as goodbye to people who are hidden hero? Uh, beyond every hidden hero has an educational foundation, 
and there's some skills, competencies, capabilities that they're very good at, your biggest asset is your portfolio of relationships. If you nurture it, if you sustain it, it will pay dividends for years to come. This is amazing, David. And I know why you are Noor, why you are light, because you give this light with this Iranian background and American smile. It's amazing combination. Thank you Thank so you. much for being with us, for sharing your knowledge. And I wish you good luck in Atlanta. I wish you business to grow and you continue to smile like you did today with us. Thank, Thank you, you very so much. much. Thank you. It was a pleasure. How to say goodbye?